It's podcasting time. I am Jonathan Isaacson, and this is Dispatches from Japan, a podcast mostly about things in Japan, or, you know, tangentially related to Japan sometimes, but, you know, there's Japan in there most of the time. Um, And if you aren't already, make sure you are uh, subscribed to the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcasts, and whenever a new episode comes out, who knows when that'll be, but whenever they come out, you'll get them right away in your podcast app, or, you know, the place where you do the podcasty listening thing stuff whatever it is anyway so i got a slightly random non-historical episode for you um i know i've done a lot of episodes about japanese history and things but you know sometimes things that are non-history related they're they they are of interest as well and as many of you may know um i work at a university here in Japan. And I want to talk about a trend that I have seen here in this, particularly in the past year, um, among the university-aged set. Um, and yet, and it, as many trends do, it involves fashion. And I think a lot of people are aware that there are a lot of Japanese shirts with, you know, random English on them. And yes, these can be a lot of fun for English speakers here. Um, I once bought a shirt for a friend that said pulsating pussycat. And yes, it was a women, a woman's shirt. And no, I promise uh, my buying it wasn't some weird, inappropriate, you know, kind of thing. So a friend and I, we were talking, a female friend, we were talking about, you know, weird things we had seen in secondhand shops here in Japan, because she was also in Japan at the time, a different part of the country. We were talking online, and we were meant, say, talking about things we'd seen in the uh, secondhand shops, and I mentioned that I'd seen this t-shirt, the Pulsating Pussycat shirt, and she immediately said, I want that shirt. And so the next time I was at that particular secondhand shop, I saw that the shirt was still there and I bought it for her because, I mean, let's be honest, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a suggestive phrase for a woman's t-shirt, but yeah. Um, Anyway, I also have my own t-shirt with some weird English on it. Um, The English words on this particular, it's a long sleeve t-shirt I have, and it says, grasp, fern, Paraphrasis. Now, that last term, it is an English word. Um, It's a linguistics term. It's not important what it means, um, but it's just not, you know, a normal, everyday kind of word. So, yeah, English, you know, on t-shirts and sweatshirts here in Japan, it can be a lot of fun. But, you know, it's not right to look, you know, how should I say this? I don't look kindly upon people who make fun of Japanese people wearing weird English on their t-shirts, right? There's a fine line between having fun and making fun of someone, right? And I think most people are aware that, you know, most people know when that line has been crossed. Don't make fun of people wearing weird English or other language on their shirts. Um, You know, it's also, you know, worth remembering that Unlike tattoos, <clears throat> shirts can be taken off very easily. So, 
all those people, all of those those people out there with their uh, Chinese and Japanese tattoos that aren't quite right. Um, Just a side note, if you're going to get a tattoo with a Chinese or Japanese character, go to a tattoo artist who speaks the language and can read the language. They're out there. So if you insist upon getting a Chinese or Japanese character on your body, make sure you get the right one. Go to someone who knows what they're doing. Side note done. And yeah, so with all that out of the way, let's talk about this latest trend here with the 20-ish set uh, here in Japan. And it's a uni- it's, it's the, the trend is university sweatshirts. Now, American university sweatshirts. If you went to school, if you went to university in the U.S., you probably know exactly the type of shirts I'm talking about. You know, these are shirts, um, very often sweatshirts, that say the name of the university, and they probably either have the school's mascot, the, the athletics mascot, or the school's seal, right? The the, the seal, or the, the, the mark of, of the school in the middle. Yeah, those shirts are really popular in Japan right now, right? Especially with the young people. You know, the kind of people who would be most likely to wear them in the U.S., but of course, the big difference is that the people in Japan wearing these shirts generally have no connection to the school on the shirt at all, right? They're not going to the school. They're not a you know, they're not the kid of some alum of that school. They're not even a fan of the sports team, right? Because, yes, I of course, we all know plenty of American people in the U.S. wearing these university sweatshirts have no connection to the school other than being a fan of the football or the basketball team or whatever. And, of course, the age group that in Japan most likely to be wearing these t-shirts is the age group that I teach, right? And... So the the other thing to remember here is that the vast majority of Japanese senior high schools in Japan have school uniforms. So most teenagers, junior high school too, I should mention. So most teenagers, so literally your entire teenage years, you know, well, not your entire, 13, you know, to 18, you have to wear school uniforms. And so... Teenagers in Japan don't get to wear whatever they want to wear on a daily basis until they graduate from high school. So university or vocational school is really the first time that most young people get to pick out what they wear on a day-to-day basis. You know, don't get me wrong. I understand the positives of school uniforms, right? That's not today's topic. Um, certainly something we could discuss at a you know future date, but... Right, back to today's topic, right? So students, this is their first chance to wear whatever they want every day. And so, yeah, one of the things a lot of them have been choosing to wear recently are these U.S. university shirts. And I see them probably at least one or two at least every day in my classes, now, some of these are definitely just Japanese clothing companies making imitations, right? I've seen university shirts with the wrong colors, 
you know, so clearly these are not vintage U.S. university shirts. Like, um, for example, imagine someone wearing a University of Alabama shirt, except that the shirt was blue and yellow. Obviously, that's not an Alabama Crimson Tide shirt, right? It should be white and crimson, right? And, you know, maroon. That So obviously not a, a vintage University of Alabama shirt. Whatever. Um, that's fine. The vast majority of people who see this shirt, they're not going to know the difference. It doesn't matter to them. It's a fashion statement is all it is. It's not about being accurate to the University of Alabama. On the other hand, though, there are a lot of shirts that do seem to be either legitimately vintage American sweatshirts, or they're at least made by a company that knows enough to do the research and get the right colors, although with IP issues, right, um, intellectual property issues. I imagine those kind of shirts, that the shirts that have the, the correct logo, the correct colors, those are probably almost all legit original American shirts that, you know, they were bought secondhand because there's a whole business, like there's a huge business importing um, importing uh, clothes, used clothes from the U.S. Not just the U.S., but largely from the U.S. But like, um, and you know, a lot of times the the shirts that I see, they're not really all that strange. Um, they might be a little bit surprising, right? Uh, for example, I've seen a University of Minnesota shirt in the proper, you know, maroon and gold. Okay, I mean, University of Minnesota, big school, um, not one with a lot of athletic success on a national stage. So I'd say a little surprising, but not weird. Uh, I've seen Iowa State shirts in the proper red and yellow, sorry, the crimson and gold. I was uh, corrected by an alum in the family, right? Uh, yes, the crimson and gold of the, the Iowa State Cyclones. So again, proper colors, big school, but not a big sports powerhouse, not some internationally well-known research school. So no real reason for anyone here in Japan to know about it. Um, so yeah, clearly just some secondhand shop got a load of shirts from the U.S. and this was one that was in the pile. And one of my students went and bought it. So, you know, big schools, not that weird. Lots of alums, so there'd be lots of those shirts floating around. But then things start getting a little bit weird. So, one day, I had a student at one of my classes, and he came to school with a Southern Illinois University Salukis shirt. Now, SIU, their mascot is the Saluki which is a type of dog, which is not unlike a greyhound. Um, it's It's got a longer, shaggier coat, but it's kind of that same same body type as a greyhound. I think it's a little bigger than a greyhound or maybe about the same size as a standard greyhound. Um, it's, it's a fairly large dog, but it's, just, it's a very peculiar uh, choice for a, for a school mascot. So clearly this was, you know, it's the right colors. Um, a bunch of my high school classmates went to SIU. You know, it's a fine university. It's nothing particularly, but, you know, nothing particularly stands out about it. I mean, they had some moderate success with their basketball program, but, you know, nothing, 
Nothing that anyone in Japan would have ever heard of. So that was one of the first ones of these shirts that really caught me off guard. But that's weird. And I kind of laughed about the trend. And, and then, then there was the Kemper shirt. Now, Kemper will mean nothing to pretty much anyone. Now, I should say pretty much anyone. I say pretty much it because my family, and I'm sure, obviously not my family, we're not the only ones, but my family, we know what Kemper is. And seeing this shirt, it made me think that the universe was conspiring inspiring no not not conspiring there's nothing sinister about it um it made me feel like the universe was kind of playing a little silly little prank on me and why do i say that so kemper was a very small military academy in boonville missouri it opened its doors in 1844 and closed for good in 2002 and from what I, from what I just did a quick, you know, Wikipedia search, didn't, I didn't go to do a lot of research, but um, from what I could tell on Wikipedia, the peak enrollment at Kemper was 544. Small school, right? But it was this, just this little tiny military academy in rural-ish Missouri, um, and it has been closed for more than two decades at this point. So what's my connection? Why did I know about Kemper? Right? Why do I know that this was a real school, that this student was wearing a shirt of a real school and not just some plausible sounding school name invented by a Japanese clothing designer somewhere? Well, it just so happens that Kemper is where my grandfather taught back in the 1940s. Now, you see, my grandfather was a graduate student at the University of Missouri, uh, which is in Columbia, Missouri, which is not far from Boonville. And I think, I, I, I should have checked with my mother to make sure I got this history right, but my grandfather was not drafted into the Army during World War II because of some medical issues. Um, so he was exempt from the draft. Like heart murmur, I think it was. Um, never showed up again in his life, but... When he went for his military, he, he he registered for the draft and he went, you know, to get his, his uh, physical. And they said, heart murmur. Nope. So he didn't go and he didn't get drafted in World War II. And instead, um, if I say, I think I've got my timelines correct here. He went to teach history at this small military academy. Or like I said, I think that's the, I think that's more or less the, the story. But like I say, my grandfather taught at Kemper. And I think it was the first place that Grandpa taught um, was Kemper Military Academy. And then he went on to become a history professor at a teacher's college in Nashville eventually. And so, yeah, Kemper, that's my connection. That's why I know Kemper. And this one day, a student walks into my class, got a sweatshirt on, says Kemper Military School. And I, was, I, I saw that and I was a little taken aback. I'm like, is that is that legit? Is that real? And so after class, I come back to my office, do a little internet surfing, uh, and I was able to confirm that in all likelihood that the shirt that this student was wearing was vintage, real Kemper military school sweatshirt. So I did a, I did a search, 
it had the the shirt that the student was wearing was had the correct Latin motto, uh, nunquam non paratus, never not prepared, I think is what it means. Uh, at least that's what the internet tells me it means. I don't know any Latin. And the colors were an inverse of a very similar shirt that I was able to find on a Japanese secondhand uh, vintage clothing website. Um, the shirt I saw online was yellow with blue printing. And the student the student in my class, his shirt was blue, uh, was dark, almost kind of a navy blue with yellow printing. And as I mentioned, you know, there's a big, you know, there's a market for importing U.S. apparel into the Japan. If you're looking to make some good money, um, I don't know actually how much good money, we can certainly make some money. And if you, you know, you want to make some money, you want to go into business together, got an idea for you. So if let's just say if you can get your hands on some vintage US apparel, you can sell it in Japan for a pretty penny for a while. So the shirt I mentioned that I that I saw on the internet, the uh, yellow with blue printing of the Kemper Military School, um, it claimed it was a 1970s vintage um, shirt. And I think it was something like 20,000 yen, which is over $150 US. Um, so yeah, you've, you got, got, you can get your hands on some vintage Russell or Champion brand sweatshirts from the 70s or 80s that are in good shape, good condition. You can easily make $150, $200. I don't, say, I don't make, you can sell them easily for $150 or $200 US. No problem. Like I guess, and there's another kind of little subtle tangent here. In general, secondhand clothing in Japan is very different than in the U.S. Not entirely, but for the most part. I mean, sure, there are a lot of places where you can go and buy secondhand items in Japan, but often it's not that much cheaper than buying new clothing. Um, it, 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 certainly it is cheaper, but not not by much in a lot of cases. A lot more is vintage, right? Then it's not just the stuff that people didn't want anymore, right? There's no Goodwill type shop in Japan, really. Not that I've seen. I'm sure there are some, but you know, there's no there's no place to go buy clothes by the pound in Japan. Um, so, for example, a good example: this Levi's five hundred ones. So yeah, Levi's five hundred ones. Um, easily you can sell them for more than 30,000 yen right um which i what's that 200 $250 us easily i remember back this was really early in my time in japan i was in tokyo and i was out with my friends we stopped it we were just kind of looking around a very pretty trendy area of the city and we stopped at a secondhand shop just to kind of look around and i saw a pair of 501s levi's 501 jeans I think it was 80,000 yen, um, which at the time was over 700, almost 800 US dollars. Um, I promptly walked out of that store. Uh, so yeah, vintage US clothes are expensive. And like I say, that includes these US university sweatshirts. Um like I say, just for fun, I decided to go on the interwebs and, you know, look up my schools, my high school, my university that I went to. 
and I found a hooded sweatshirt from my high school's band program, which I was a part of at the time that this the, 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 the seller of this shirt claimed that it was from the 90s. Um, that's when my sister and I were at the school, so hmm. It's very possible that one of us knew whoever originally owned that shirt. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's not 100%, but there's a good there's a good chance either my sister or I knew who was the original owner of that shirt, or maybe it was someone's parents or something. But yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, I also found a uh, a t-shirt from my high school's wrestling team. And then I found a, uh, a university sweatshirt from my university for only 9,000 yen, which, hey, that's a bargain, right? It's only like $70, $80 US. Great. So, yeah, um, like I say, I, I've been here now in Japan almost two decades, long enough that fashions, you know, might start to recycle pretty soon, which I think will be really interesting to see, right? If the fashions that were popular... When I first came to Japan, will those make a comeback? Um, I don't really remember what those fashions were, but I imagine that if I see them again, I will recognize them. I was like, oh yeah, that that was I've seen that. And like I say, and if any of you have any uh, old vintage university apparel that you uh, want to unload for a tidy profit, hit me up. We can uh, maybe get do some business here. Probably not really, but hey, you know, you never know. Uh, and yeah, that is where we will end things for today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever it is that you cast your pods. It is available on pretty much all the major platforms as far as I know. Um, you know, you can like over on Twitter, follow, uh, at JustAnotherCast. You can, you know, email me at JustAnotherJerkPodcast at gmail.com. And you can find all the information over on the website easiest way to get there is tinyurl.com slash jerkpod it's the old name of the podcast i haven't updated it yet that's all but you know someday that'll happen anyway that's all for me i'm jonathan isaacson and i'm out peace